This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Hey, it's Greg Stanley. If you're listening to this podcast, you know I love everything automotive. This passion has expanded to include being a car specialist consultant for RM Sotheby's. So if you need assistance buying or consigning a collector car at any one of our online or live auctions, including Scottsdale, Amelia Island, or Monterey, you can reach one of our car specialists at rmsotheby's.com or you can email me directly at gstanley at rmsotheby's.com. Metron Garage is a company designing unique garages, condos, and other structures specifically for the auto enthusiasts. They've got eight models to choose from, including two-story options, which I think is super cool, while with a very modern look and feel to them. And they come in all sizes, and they're fully customizable. You can check out them today and start specking your own ultimate garage at metrongarage.com, where you can request a catalog or talk to someone to learn more. So be sure to check it out. I just want to give a quick thanks to Euro Classics for sponsoring this episode. Euro Classics is all about collector cars, from servicing your new BMW M5 to prepping your Porsche for the racetrack to executing a total restoration on your favorite classic. They do it all from routine maintenance to performance upgrades to appraisals and everything in between. You can learn more about its owner, Dale Oaks, by listening to episode number 65 of this podcast. And you can find Euro Classics in the Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana service area and online at euroclassics.com. Classics, C-L-A-S-S-I-X dot com. Well, welcome back to the Collector Car Podcast. Hey, it's Greg Stanley. We are going to cover Hershey for RM Sotheby's upcoming auction, which is occurring this weekend. You can go to rmsotheby's.com to learn more and sign up to bid on these wonderful cars. To help us review some of these cars, I have Roger Wilbanks on the phone. Roger, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Greg? Great, great. Well, I appreciate you being on the call. I know that you're one of the two managers, so to speak, for the Hershey auction, and it looks like we've really pulled in some great cars, haven't we? Unbelievably so. We've got over 130 great examples of cars from all eras celebrating pre-war, post-war, you know, and we're, we do this auction in conjunction with the AACA Eastern Division Fall Meet. The AACA is the Antique Automobile Club of America. They've been around since 1935, and their goal is the preservation and enjoyment of automotive history of all types. And in that spirit, that's what we've gathered together for our auction, which happens this Thursday and Friday on October 7th and 8th. Oh, that's awesome, man. Now, for someone who's never been to Hershey, I know it's huge, right? I mean, what kind of events occur and what can they expect when they get to the wonderful town in Hershey, Pennsylvania? Hershey is a mecca for all car lovers, guys who love cars, any types of cars. Uh, They have a fantastic swap meet where I can't tell you how many times a friend of mine has, has told me that he's found a that needle in a haystack, that <laughs> unbelievable party been searching for for years and years, and there it is in a vendor's spot in Hershey. They also do a car corral. They also do their fall meet, which uh, includes AACA judging and a car show. And with the AACA, they have automobiles showing up from every single vintage and every single period of automotive history, even up into contemporary times. So you get a very wide 
group of car lovers and car fans coming and their interests are as varied as the cars that arrive. And then when they're not buying parts in those swap meets or showing their, those cars or looking for cars in the car corral, the highlight of the week is indeed the RM Sotheby's auction. And that's where they can buy the best of the best. Right, right. Yeah, and if you would, I hope, I know you know a lot of these cars very well, but if you would, can you kind of give our listeners an overview of some of your I don't want to say your favorite cars, but ones that kind of caught your eye. They don't have to be pre-war necessarily. I know there's a lot of those, but just a, a handful of cars that have caught your eye that are crossing the auction block here later this week. Sure thing. We do have some incredible examples of cars from both pre-war, World War II, uh, we call pre-war, and then post-war. But that's basically the breakdown. And both American and European. Uh, my highlight of this sale would probably be the three cars from the Robert Thayer collection. You have a one-off 1931 Duesenberg Model J Roadster, and it's a true Roadster, which very few Duesenbergs were actually true Roadsters. Uh, you know, a Roadster officially is a car where you don't have roll-up windows. And, okay. Uh, yep. So a Roadster is a very sporting style. And this car received a, a very unique, believe it or not, Packard Roadster body when it was new. In 1931, it received a Packard Roadster body in the white that happened to match up beautifully with the Duesenberg cow fenders hood. And it makes a stunning presentation. And that car is called the Green Hornet. It's one of my favorite Duesenbergs. And in that same Robert Thayer collection, you've got one of the great Packards, the 1930 Packard 745 Deluxe 8 Roadster. That was the top of the top, the best of the best, the most sporting, the, the long chassis, the most high-performance engine that you could get. In 1930 for a Packard, it was the whole package. Incredibly rare to find an original Roadster and highly desirable. And then you've got a 1935 Auburn supercharged Speedster which is one of my personal favorites of all classics. Pontoon fenders, beautifully shaped body with that boat tail rear end, had the flex pipes with the light combings and the supercharger that really just put an amazing package together. The V windshield, beautifully slanted grille, just a stunning car. And then you even have some cars like a 1948 Alpha Romeo 6C 2500 Sport Cabriolet. So that would be a post-war car. It'd be a real great sports car from that era with a panini frame and a body. You've got also some fantastic custom coach-built cars with unique character like the 1940 Packard Custom Super 8 180, a sports sedan that was actually done by Dutch Darren. It's oh, one wow. of two cars and has a stunning look to it. And when you look throughout, you've got great V16 Cadillacs. The three Ps are represented, and for those of the folks out there that don't know what the three Ps are, from the classic era, the three Ps were Packard, Pierce Arrow, and Peerless. And they each represented some of the best cars being built in their time. For Packards, we're going to have 10 Packards out here at this auction. Wow. For Pierce Arrow, we're going to have five Pierce Arrows, and then we're going to have a Peerless thrown. we got all <laughs> the three Ps represented. You're going to have 18 Cadillacs. 
15 Buicks, 20 Fords, and six Rolls Royces thrown in. So, you know, you're going to have a nice mix of some of the best of the best, the best body styles, the rarest chassis, the highest performance marks that you can get all assembled at one spot. Yeah, there's some really, really great stuff, and you've rattled off quite a few of the great ones, and I'm looking online at some of the cars you just mentioned, the 1930 Packer, just so our listeners understand the estimate on this car is three hundred and fifty to four hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars and it's actually offered without reserve which is really cool and then the let's see the auburn the 1935 auburn eight supercharged speedster the estimates seven hundred to nine hundred thousand dollars again offered without reserve and then the crown jewel here at the duesenberg is 1.4 to 1.8 million dollars offered without reserve as well and there are a couple others i mean i love the mid-50s Buick Roadmaster. You have a couple convertibles there. I guess I'd call one more of a salmon in white color, another one maroon, right? Yes, that's the beauty of this auction. You have Roadmasters from every size, shape, and variety. Roadmaster was the top of the line Buick that you can buy in the 40s and 50s. We have convertibles. We even have a Roadmaster Woody Wagon, which is incredibly rare. We have some beautiful Buicks, and speaking of Buicks, we even have three Series 90 Buicks, and Series 90s were actually recognized as true classics by the Classic Car Club of America. Oh, wow. Very few Buicks were actually given this designation, and we have two Roadster and a convertible coupe. Two of these cars have stunning, stunning restorations that would be show winners at most any show that you could take them to, and another one greatly original car so you've got the best of the best when it comes to buicks right here in hershey yeah and actually speak to that a little bit i know the is it the ccca is that correct and like how they kind of pick some of their the parameters for the cars that they pick because i know you know some of the models they'll allow one version in but not another version in is that correct that's exactly right the ccca is uh stands for classic car club of america and a lot of folks have said over here they refer to any older car as a classic. But in reality, the only cars that are true classics are the ones that are recognized as such by the Classic Car Club of America. And in order to be recognized as a true classic, it has to be a high-end, high-end example of its period in time. It has to be have the speed, the luxury, the coach building, all of the attributes of one of the highest quality automobiles. So Fords or mass production vehicles of the time would not actually be on the list of recognized classics, but Cadillacs, and you're right, not even all Cadillacs, it had to be the top of the line Cadillacs that had the higher performance or the multi-cylinder engines, V16s and the like, or Series 75, Series 90s. They're most expensive, the most luxurious. And when it comes to Buicks, there are hardly any Buicks that are on that list. And so to have three of them here, that's a pretty special thing. And you're right, with Packards, not all Packards could make that list. Because even Packard had some lower end, more economical models. So it has to be the top end, the more expensive, the more special and the more rare. And these are cars that are mostly pre-World War II, 
so pre-war cars, and then a few chassis that were carried over from before the war until after the war. If it's the same carryover chassis and a luxurious special automobile, it can still be a classic, like a Chrysler Town & Country or a Delahaye 135 or some models of Cadillacs with a Series 62. And there's a specific list of cars that you can go on their website, the CCCA website, and read every single car that applies. And when you have a CCCA Classic, it can go on a caravan tour. It can be part of their events and judging. And uh, you have all kinds of opportunities with that car through the CCCA Club. Right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And there's actually some cars here that belong to other clubs. <laughs> and it's kind of cool because there's a little bit of everything, a little bit of something for everyone. Obviously, it's mostly pre-war, but there's a lot of cool stuff, including some muscle cars. I'm in love with the 1964 Galaxy 500XL R-Code. I'm not an expert in Galaxies, but I believe that was fairly rare for the R-Code, right? I mean, I think that was a one year only, maybe two years. Do you know offhand? Well, I'll tell you what. I was looking at that car earlier today, and that's a 427 cubic inch motor in that car. 425 horsepower. That car is original black over red interior. It's the right colors. It has the factory four-speed. Whoa. And... It, had, it was a grand national winner with the AACA, and it achieved a perfect score in judging. That car, I opened and closed that door earlier today. One finger with a light touch closes <laughs> that door like a bank vault. It's one of the finest examples I've ever seen. Wow, that says a lot because you are also uh, a head concourse judge, aren't you? Yep, I've uh, been chief uh, judge at uh, multiple events across the United States. And I'm currently involved with the St. John's Concord Elegance and going back to its days at Meadowbrook. And this year, we'll be doing that Concord with Haggerty in downtown Detroit. So when you say the car is one of the best you've ever seen, that says a lot about the quality of this car. So I appreciate you mentioning that. There is one that I see that you can signed. Uh, I'd like for you to talk to because it's somewhat of a TV star. Why don't you talk about that 1935 Auburn 653 Phaeton that looks like it just got dragged out of a barn. And that's exactly what happened. It was featured on several episodes of American Pickers. The car literally was living in a barn in Iowa for decades. And the celebrities on the American Pickers show somehow discovered its location and they filmed the entire thing as they go into this barn and they meet the couple that have had it for all these many decades and it is parked deep in the dirt in the back of the barn and has been untouched and not been driven in who knows how long somebody had brushed a light coat of white house paint <laughs> over some portions of the car and there it sat in all its beauty they made a deal to buy it on the show, but they couldn't even get it out of the barn. So they had to literally remove the whole back wall of the barn and be able to drag that car out of there. They took it to an Auburn court, Duesenberg specialist in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Spent several years getting that car mechanically sorted and rebuilt. Removed that white house paint 
and left all the original finishes. And then they brought that car back. They literally drove it back from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, back to Iowa uh, to show the couple their car. Unfortunately, the husband had died in that interim, but his widow took a framed picture of him with her as they rode in that car with the top down, blasted down the road. Quite a story. Yeah, yeah, and I actually watched that episode. I, I do like that show, and I've, I'm amazed at how many cars they don't find. <laughs> so when I saw they actually found one, I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> exactly. And it's uh, in all its kind of dark bluish patinaed glory, so that's got to be a fun car to drive down the street. I'm sure it gets a ton of looks. Now, I do want to talk... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now, I... I do have one that I actually consigned, a pretty interesting one I, I like to mention. It's a 1952 MG Italia Special. Uh, basically, this is a car that's kind of interesting. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it or not, but it's a one-off body, by supposedly by Mickey Thompson and Bill Burke, and they would take the Italia, the Italian coach-built car, and, and make copy bodies. I believe they only made about 50 of them, and this is the only roadster known to be ex- to exist. And it was turned into a nice little race car that is just a beautiful little, almost like an Italian Barchetta kind of race car. Have you had a chance to see this up close? I sure did. The fit and finish, the effort, the attention in that one into building that car, it's pretty darn impressive. Not to mention that you have a super lightweight body and a well-balanced engine chassis. That, that car would be a heck of a fun little race car based on all the racing stickers attached to it it looks like somebody's been having an awful lot of fun with it recent years <laughs> yeah i was really surprised i mean the guy went over the top by getting even the grill water jetted in metal and the logos and all sorts of crazy stuff just to do a top quality build on a on a cute little uh mg then it really looks, just looks like a little italian race car well there's three cars i do want to mention here briefly and i picked these because i thought they were kind of pretty they're all blue i don't know if you can go into any detail on these but uh, let's see, why don't I give you all three and you tell me which one you might want to talk about. I'm looking at the 1931 Cadillac V16 Fort Sport Phaeton by Fleetwood. I'm looking at the, the Alfa Romeo you mentioned earlier, the 1948 Alfa Romeo 6C. Uh, that's, for some reason, Europeans can do blue exterior and red interior a lot better than the Americans can. And then the last one is the 1938 Packard 12 Phaeton by Durnham. Uh, and are you close to any of those three that I just mentioned? Uh, well, I am familiar with that 1931 Calic V16 Sport Phaeton. Uh, back in 1930 and 1931, uh, Cadillac had that V16 engine, uh, which gave them a leg up on the competition. Another interesting tidbit about Cadillac is they actually had a designer for their engines, a guy that specialized in making the engine look beautiful to fit the fit and finish of their coach work. And they were the only one that that hired and designed an engine in that way. So then you had a 16-cylinder engine placed on a very strong, wonderful chassis. And the two best bodies you could get on that car the Roadster or the Sport Phaeton. The Sport Phaeton, you had the four doors, you had the rear windshield that you could crank up for the rear passengers, and you even had gauges in the back for the rear passengers. 
just so they could feel like they were driving too as they're racing down the road at high speed. <laughs> it happens to be one of the most desirable and valuable Cadillacs from that era and one of the most valuable Cadillacs of all are those 1930 and 31 Sport Phaetons. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and I know you mentioned the uh, 48 Alpha prior. I mean, that's just a gorgeous car. And like you said, that that's a post-war car, so a little bit of got European and we have American. And then I just thought the 38 Packard was a beautiful car. Again, another Phaeton uh, with the 12-cylinder engine in it. So just like you said, a wide variety of cars coming up for sale this weekend. Now, one thing I would like to do, and I, I do this at the end of all my podcasts, is I I play a little game with my guests, and I don't think I gave you a heads up. But if you've listened to us before, you know what's coming. Uh, it's a little game I call Keep Cash and Crush. So I give you three cars, and you have to pick one to keep forever. You have to pick one to cash in, and then you have to send one, unfortunately, to the crusher. So originally, I was going to pick the 31 Duesenberg, the 35 Auburn, and the 30 Packard, but I thought that was a little bit too cruel. And honestly, I think I could have picked, you would have kept the Duesenberg. You probably would have, I don't know which one you would have sold, but I decided to go with the three blue cars I just mentioned. So your three cars for Keep Cash and Crush is the 1931 Cadillac V16 Sport Phaeton by Fleetwood, the 1948 Alfa Romeo 6C, and the 1938 Packard 12 Phaeton. So of those three cars, which one are you going to keep forever? Which one are you going to cash in? And then which one are you going to, unfortunately, send to the crusher? Wow, this is a tough one. The (laughs) one I'd have to keep forever. I just went over that V16 and my love of that engine and my love of the chassis and the racy, sporty character of the sport Phaetons. I guess I'd have to keep that car. <laughs> now, the Packard 12 Phaeton, I love my Packard 12s. One of the most powerful, smoothest. They, they did everything fantastically well in the period. And that's a one-off car that was done by Durham, a well-known coach builder out of Pennsylvania area. Boy, I guess I'd have to, oh man, I'd want to keep that. Can't we have all keeps? <laughs> I want to keep that car too. Um, boy, I guess, gosh, which one? I guess I'll have to cash that one since I said I'd already keep the Cadillac. I'd rather have two <laughs> keepers there. Oh man, that leaves the Alpha. I love Alphas. But he's the only one left. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get killed in this deal. Now, if the Alpha goes to the Crusher, I'm going to be getting some torches at my door. <laughs> <sighs> well, well, you know. I guess that's going to be how it rolls. Yep, yep. All right. So the Alpha is going to crush her. If, you makes it, you, if it makes our listeners feel any better, it is right-hand drive. So, you know, it's not great for the yeah. U.S. Boy, that's a tough decision right uh, there because that Alpha is gorgeous. But those other two cars are pretty special when it comes to American pre-war cars. So, yeah. I don't know if I agree. And anybody with... who knows me knows that I'm a pre-war American, big pre-war American fan. So right. I guess I have to stick to my gun. Well, that's true. Yeah, you crushed the only post-war car. So okay, we'll we'll let it slide. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there anything else you'd like to cover about the uh, the auction coming up this weekend? Love to have everybody follow it. If you can't be here live in person, then check it out on the internet and think about coming out to Hershey next year. It's a beautiful event, a beautiful time of the year, and a great place 
and a great time for everybody, fans of all ages. Yeah, and as a reminder, I said this weekend, but that's actually the 7th and the 8th is when the actual auction occurs. So you can check that out at rmsuttabeast.com and uh, sign up to bid there or just watch for fun. Well, as always, Roger, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining the Collector Car Podcast. You got it, and thanks for inviting me on. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.